0: This is Drummers Resource Podcast, session 572. And the quote of the day is Age is an issue of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. You're listening to the Drummers Resource Podcast, home of in depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond. Hey, hey! what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here. Thanks for tuning in. Episode 572. And this is a special one because uh, this took a long time to get lined up. Took about two years. And one, I want to say thank you to Eric Liederman for connecting Fred and I. And Fred and I actually met. uh, I was working on another show that we produced called Wheels Off with Rhett Miller. And Rhett interviewed Fred for his podcast a few years ago in New York City. And I was producing that show. So we met uh, briefly there. And have kept in contact back and forth. And again, I've been trying to line line this interview up for a long time. So I'm really, really glad that it happened. And Fred, as far as I'm concerned, Fred has the greatest job in the world. He is the house drummer for Late Night with Seth Myers, but he's also an actor. And you've seen him in Portlandia. He was on Saturday Night Live for a long time. He was an anchor man, and he has a new show called Los Espookies. And he started as a drummer. He was a touring drummer and then got into comedy and then slowly made the tran or not slowly, quickly made the transition into uh, being an actor and started working on Saturday Night Live. And the rest, as they say, is history. And you also may have seen some of his stand-up, like Stand Up for Drummers, which is on Netflix. And he had an, a DVD that made the rounds for a long time called Complicated Drumming Rhythms by Jens Hennerman. Well, that was him. So he's been around for a while, and he's been quote unquote standing up for drummers because we are always uh or we're frequently the laughing stock of uh of the musician pool so uh, I want to thank him for that, but this is a great conversation. We talk about you know how he was he was older or long later in his career excuse me when he he became an actor, which I think is amazing, and I think a lot of times we always play that comparison game of. How old am I versus how old am I? How old is the person that I'm comparing myself to and what did they accomplish at this age? And he has some really, really sage advice for that and just navigating career in general. So, an amazing interview from a man who's been there, done that, and has had enough success to last a few careers. So, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it with Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen, how are you, sir? good how you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well i should tell you the the first time uh that i ever came across any work that you had ever done so my uncle uh, my mother's my mother's brother always gave us like the greatest gifts like i remember he came he came to our our christmas dinner one night and he had a trash bag full of cds that were individually wrapped and he bought out like a, a library that was going out or like a bookstore that was going out of business. And he had all these wow. he was like throwing them around and it was all kinds of like, it was everything from like regular things that you've heard of to all this like weird eclectic stuff. And I found all these, all these uh, crazy bands, but he always had the greatest gift. He always got me like the coolest drum stuff or whatever. So he got me a DVD and I opened it and it was your Jens Hederman, uh, dvd oh yeah
1: Uh, oh that's what a nice
0: gift so and i open it up and he goes he's like you're from you're familiar with with him right and i was like yeah and i was like i didn't uh, i didn't want to let him down or anything and i'm like yeah of yeah of of course i'm like he's he's one of like the greatest drummers ever you know (laughs) and in the back of his mind he's i know he's thinking like he has no idea what he's talking about yeah. So long story short, I get the DVD, I watch it, I figure out uh that it is it's a comedy DVD which was hilarious by the way, but then I called him and he was like, "I was wondering how long you were going to lie to me and, <laughs> and tell me uh you know like how great how much you knew about about this guy's work." So that was my first uh foray foray into the world of Fred Arm. Oh,
1: that's a good that's a good way in for sure.
0: It it was a good way in. Um talk talk to me quickly about that about that DVD and because for you, I know that you grew up as a drummer, and you had this, this passion of, of wanting to be a professional drummer, and, and you were big on that, right? You were like, that was what you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, um, that was like my dream, you know, was to be like Keith Moon or something, you know? Right. And um, that, so then it didn't really work out for me playing in bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I got into comedy and I did that, but that D- the DVD is based on the idea that um, I used to really love um, the world of drumming DVDs. You know, they'd sort of right. be close up on your uh, on the kick drum and like they had a language all their own, and I couldn't tell what kind of music it was. I was like, who's the music for It's music. It's drumming for other drummers, and I just got really into them. There are so many, so many yeah. with like close ups of hands and like. Here's how this beat that I did goes. Here's a solo. So I was like, I just want to make one. And um it just was it's all I wanted it to be something that fools people. I wanted it to be something that like someone will buy and be upset about. Like, wait, this guy this is not what he's talking about.
0: Right. <laughs> well, what I and I think the the thing that you did uh that was really genius with the whole thing is that it you didn't do it all at once. Like you had to watch the thing for a little while to realize Like you would say one thing and you're like, wait a minute, I don't think that was right. But then as you start to learn, it gets like more ridiculous as you go on. Yeah, yeah. I wanted it to
1: be, it was more about fooling people than it was even trying to be too much of a joke. I just wanted it to be, uh, the the whole thing to be confusing.
0: Right. Which it was, especially like the opening solo. I was like, okay, eventually he's going to like go into this (laughs) thing and it just, and it just never happened. But it was, it was amazing. Uh, It was amazing to say the least. Um, Thank you. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the interesting thing about how, about how worlds, uh, sort of, you know, they, they intersect and and things start to happen that maybe that you planned on happening or that you wanted to happen and they, they don't come to fruition and then they turn out to happen later on down the road. Like for you, your goal was to always be a professional drummer and Mm -hmm. you were like, Oh, it didn't work out, but it actually did because you're a professional drummer now on a network television show and
1: yeah the same goes for being in a band like i was very what i used to say all the time was like well oh, my band never made i never made it as a musician by making it but that, that's by the way that's a really you know strange terminology to use for success but i i guess i mean putting out records right and going on tour that kind of thing i, I don't mean to disparage any level of success but for me, I was like, oh, my band didn't do it. We didn't end up on MTV or any of those things. And then the thing that worked out for me is doing fake bands. You know, like mm-hmm. fake parody bands for different TV shows, fake right. songs. So, yeah, to your point, it worked out. It just it wasn't the way I had planned it. It just, mm-hmm. um, which says a lot about, you know, plans. You know, right. trying to plan for something and... Um, I had aspirations, but it, it went a different direction than I expected.
0: Well, Eric Liederman and I talked about that. I had him on the podcast and he was saying, so for those of you listening, Eric Liederman is the, one of the producers for, uh, late night with Seth Meyers, but he's he also books the drummers when Fred is on the road or, or can't do it. So they have a rotating cast of, of drummers that come on. And he said, you know, not in a million years could I ever have, have thought this was, this would be my job. But who better qualified to do it, right? Yeah. So, so for you, it's like who better to be recording every day on television than someone who has this experience in acting, but has also been in bands and toured around the country playing music. And you could never write that script.
1: No. And also the connection to Seth Meyers, who's my old friend who I worked with. And Lauren Michaels from NBC, you know, my mm-hmm. connection to them too, so that I wasn't some musician who auditioned, you know, right for a for band leader. It was someone who's in the family, so to speak. So it made it easier for Seth, sure. Instead of so he could talk to me directly, and so that that all worked out. And, and Eric is right. Eric's job is really he's um he's kind of a a little bit of a drummer lifesaver too because. Mm-hmm. If a drummer is their band isn't touring or something, it's like a great little week that they can whatever, earn a living for a week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I'm I'm sure that there's plenty of people who same, same like you said, they're either not on the road, they're not doing a session or something like that, and Eric calls them and says, Hey, do you wanna come play on network on a network television show for a week? Yeah, yeah of course. Of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. why why not? Um So where was television for you or where was where was movies or acting or or any of that I was always that along loved. The
1: list? Yeah, because I the bands I loved most were very visual. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, Devo and Talking Heads and the Clash to a certain extent. So it was all very like in in my goals. I did. I used to watch SNL, and somewhere in there, I was like, I still want to become one of those people. So I wanted to be in music, but I wanted to be to do that sort of. A mix of like video and performance. Mm-hmm. There, some, even something about the way David Bowie used to change characters all the time was very appealing to me. Um, so it was always in the back of my mind. Like there was always a sort of like, even my favorite drummer, Keith Moon, was like, and in Clem Burke, there was even a sense of like, they were very visual. So right. I, I always wanted to do mix the two.
0: It's an it's an interesting concept. I, and in fact, I was just having a conversation with my wife about this the other day. So, I, you know, I, I live in L.A. and yesterday I was at the studio practicing and I was like, I'm just going to drive by Warner Brothers because mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so enamored with just the the act of creating a television show or a movie mm-hmm. or something. I'm not necessarily like I don't follow what's going on in Hollywood with the stars and all that kind of stuff. I couldn't care less. But the the art and the craft of making these things uh, is so amazing to me. And I've always thought I would love to be an actor. I would love to, to, you know, be on a television show or something like that. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, well, who wouldn't, right? Especially in L.A. You can't just you can't walk around and half-ass it and just say, oh, I'd love to be on a television show. Well, hold on a second. Yeah, you can. You know, it's kind of you'd be surprised.
1: There's also a lot of people who don't want to be on TV true, and who found other venues, other venues to um, uh, have success or or to entertain or to, um, you know, some people have gotten into different fields where there is room because Mm -hmm. it's really, you'd be surprised. You, you could turn around at any age, you could turn around and go like, I feel like being an actor on, I don't know. I don't know what kind of a TV show eventually you kind of find your way and all of a sudden you're auditioning it's really weird you can actually those doors aren't as like out of reach as you think because i didn't go to like you know comedy school i didn't go to second city i didn't do that kind of thing i I sort of went through music so i'm just saying like there's always room and also like on the producing side you know uh, we'll put together a TV show. All someone has to do is come in an audition. We're not like we need this caliber of actor. It's usually just like, well, this guy seems good, or this person seems funny, and, right.
0: So yeah. I, I hear
1: what you're saying, but don't I don't um, don't count yourself out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> I. But I, I guess I guess my thought my thought process was that it was insulting to the craft to think like people have dedicated their entire lives to make it in this whether it be as a drummer or as a as an actor and i think i always figured it was like disrespectful to say you know what i'm just gonna do that every once in a while on the side and the same thing with like drumming if you think that you can go out and get this big tour when all these other people are dedicating their entire lives to try to like get that gig with sting or something like that and you think you can just half-ass it and just "Eh, i'll just do that every once in a while on the weekend
1: i i hear what you're saying But one could argue that some of our best music happened that way. I'm sure when punk rock bands showed up at the studio and, you know, the other sort of more accomplished bands were like, why are you in here making records, selling records? There's an element of that of like, you know what? You know, there's some, there's some example, but I'm not negating what you say. I'm just saying that like, there's room for, there's room for half-assing it. There's room for it, (laughs) you know? Um, I bet there were people in in London when the Beatles showed up who were like, "Who are these guys playing guitar who aren't reading sheet music?" You know, like, right? Right. We earned being here. We should be at the. And so you can come from. I don't know. I I um. There's. I think anything is all right. To you know, I used to be like when I was younger, I was very like against like reality TV. I was like ah, you know. That's not, you know, entertainment, but people like it. And now yeah. who am I? Who am I to say that, like, one form of entertainment is better than the other? I'm like, eh, it's fine. Even, <clears throat> I even think that, like, I don't think I'm a great actor. I think I could do impressions and accents. But I don't, you know, I don't, like, emote in such a way that people get lost in the, in the emotion of it. Um, and I've seen bad acting, and it's, I don't care. I'm fine with bad acting. If I see it in a movie, I'm like, oh, I get it. Right. There was a fire and you jumped out of the bill. I don't know. I'm, I'm it's always okay with me. <laughs> right.
0: So you never, you never, from what I gather, you never compartmentalize the things that you were doing. Like it's all just you and, and who you are. Right. I mean, yeah. with the music and acting and all of that, it's just to you. It's just performing and it all kind of goes into the same pot.
1: Yeah. It's all just like um, art. So this yeah. art. I try my best to say yes, as much as I can, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sounds great. I'd love to do it if there's time or you know if there's time to do it I'll, I'll try
0: right well one of the interesting things i remember you talking to red about was that you really didn't you didn't make your transition from playing drums into acting until you were in your 30s and oh, i think yeah,
1: 30 32 or 34 or something
0: and and i think that a lot of times we we play this comparative game where, you know, we say, oh, this drummer got this tour by the time they were 25 and I'm, I'm 25. So I'm behind the game or this person did this. And, and I think that your story is great to let everyone know, like, look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are with whatever, you know, wherever you are compared to everyone else, you should just be running your own race and not, not worried about what everybody else.
1: Totally. That'll kill you. That'll kill you. You start comparing to like, like numbers, you know, like I've got to Mm -hmm. be this young or whatever, you really are um, doing yourself a disservice. You know, all you have to do is look at the record of when people had what you you would consider success, what age, Mm -hmm. all kinds of ages. And it's like, sometimes you need that time to sort of get good at what you do or to like find your voice or whatever. Right. So, um, yeah, really take your time. I'm, you know, I feel like all of my friends, everyone I know, seems to like somewhere in their 40s is when they found their real calling. Somewhere right. in their 40s is when people are like, this is what I do. I'm a writer, I'm a comedian, I'm a stand-up comedian. Somewhere, for, at least in my world, 40s seems to be the sweet spot of that. Mm-hmm.
0: How would How do you describe yourself? If you're at a party, someone doesn't know who you are, and they say, what do you do?
1: Um, i I always always say comedian yeah that's always like even though i get to do other stuff that's kind of like what i've done mostly you know mm-hmm. it's, it's, between snl and portland India. Yeah, it's like i think comedian is like the fairest you
0: know, right do you feel like there's people. there's um there's pressure to be funny all the time <laughs> like when people meet you they're like oh you're a comedian say something funny and you're like that's not really how it works I am funny all the time. <laughs> That's
1: <true. laughs> uh, No, but you know, it's really weird. Like, people are, I don't know what it is. That, maybe it's because of the internet or something, but like people are very good at expectations. Something mm. happened somewhere along the way where people have seen enough videos of people that are, you know, are comedians that they understand that like, they're not going to be funny all the time. It's almost like, All the behind the scenes stuff really worked.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But um, no, people are, um, I think, accustomed. Sometimes when I've landed at the airport, you know, you've got to say what you do, occupation, comedian. And they always, there's an expectation that they always laugh right away. (laughs) They laugh at the word. It's really funny. You don't even have to do anything. They're sort of like, hey, comedian. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and you're like, are you laughing because you don't believe me? Or are you laughing?
1: It's almost like the idea of it. Like there's right. probably not many comedians who come through, you know. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
0: so what was it, what was it about um what was it about the drums that that first attracted you to playing?
1: It's not it's not that it attracted me. It is just simply the greatest instrument. You know what I mean?
0: I agree.
2: It's
1: the, it's the best instrument and everybody knows it it's looks the best they're just physically beautiful your eyes when when anyone goes to a show your eyes just land on on the kit yeah if you go to a wedding just something about the drums is just like it is just the best best
0: instrument but i always get pissed off that everyone can quote unquote play the drums oh yeah like That's you can't it. just pick That's... up the guitar and play, right? But you can sit no, down no. and make noise no. behind the drums and they're like they're like, Oh, that person can play the drums. I'm like, no, they can't. They've never even they've yeah. never played before.
1: But it's always the same beat, too. It's the same <laughs> right. beat, but um it's like boom stat dun 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 stat dun dun, 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 dun. <laughs> But uh it's just the best. Like it, hearing a song, it's like the most moving thing. It's just like I immediately there was no question. I never ha- I never weighed like I wonder what instrument I like best. It was just always like, oh my God, what is better than the drums?
0: Right. Right. And well you um you spent time in Brazil? When I was a kid, my
1: dad worked at IBM in Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. So for two years, like second and third grade, um, I lived down there. I went to an American school, but um I'm really glad I did. I mean, it really, when you're a kid, you don't want to ever move. You're like, I want to just be home. But I I have to say, and this sounds really pretentious, but because of that, samba music really affects me immediately and deeply. If I hear samba music, I get a real sense of, and it really is great, great hypnotic, powerful, powerful music.
0: Right. And the complete opposite when you hear Zydeco music, right? Did you say you don't yeah. have, you don't know what to do when you hear Zydeco music?
1: Yeah, it's not that I don't like it. I, I just don't, I didn't grow up with it, so I don't know what dance to do. I just don't know. I'm, I get sort of stuck. But I don't dislike it. I, there's no type of music I dislike. It's just that I just get, so I just sort of don't know what to do with the beat. Right. It is. I like the sound of the accordion, but
0: yeah. I think maybe you should put out an instructional DVD on Zydeco dancing.
1: Wow. I wouldn't even know where to begin <laughs> before I should. Yeah. It would be
0: the, it would be the perfect, uh, yeah. it would be the, the perfect thing. Um, so I, one of the, one of the things that I really love about the way that you approach, the way that you approach art, the way you approach your career, um, is n- like, you don't seem to put labels on things. You don't seem, seem to put things in a box, um and like we were talking about earlier where you're like yeah it's just art to me and everything sort of goes together what's your advice for people who are who are younger or or who are really trying to figure out their career whether it be in Mm -hmm. music or or in acting directing writing producing um to to be because you you do have to self-evaluate but you can't be you can't be too critical and too and too vigilant on where you're putting your your efforts right like, what is your advice for people who are coming up in are and they're trying to figure all that out and to be a little bit kinder to themselves?
1: I would say, like, remember that all throughout art history, there were those people who didn't know what their exact art form was, that they mm-hmm. blurred the line between different art forms and that it's OK. And I would say really be patient with yourself. Don't worry, you've got time. And um anytime you feel like you made an artistic mistake, just remember it, like okay, I don't like this doing this kind of art, let me make sure that I do steer this other direction. Um I have a really weird thing where as I was uh growing up, I also took note of the things that I didn't like. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: if there's a certain way that a certain you know, I, I don't know, like a TV show or something that wasn't like what I liked. It's just something that I kept in mind. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be this kind of show. I'm not saying anything is good or bad. I'm just saying that, like, go ahead and speak to whatever it is that you want. You want to not do. Right. That's kind of a valuable thing. Of like, you know, whatever. And so, um, that's a good thing. And it sounds like a cliche, but there's also just keep going. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. Even when it's confusing, I've had. In my early days, I had managers who were like, didn't, couldn't figure out what I did because I did like characters and stuff, and they were like, I don't know what you're, you have no punchlines, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So just keep going. But I just kept going. I was like, well, I don't, I have nothing to lose, so I'm just going to keep doing this.
0: Yeah. What? Well, you were. um, The transition that you made was sort of. I don't want to say it's a byproduct because that makes it sound like it was accidental. And, and mm-hmm. I don't think it was, but, but, um, I, it's, I, I don't know exactly. Some of it, some question. of
1: it's, some of it's accidental.
0: Mm-hmm. Some of it
1: was a kind of accidental. I mean, I always had ambition to be on TV. Right. But, um, The way I got there makes absolutely no sense.
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because like putting putting a plan together and putting one foot in front of the other. If you say this is the goal, like, I don't feel like you did it that way. No,
1: it's very little. The only thing that's ever worked for me is planning little by little. Right. And it is literally month to month that I think of things that I'm like. Portlandia was like that. That was like I was doing these videos with Carrie Brownstein. And that was a very sort of, it wasn't someday we're going to have this TV show um, season after season. It was very like, for next month, let's make a couple of funny videos. Let's mm-hmm. just for next month and we'll write some concepts. And it's like that. We'll find someone to edit them. Very short little steps. That's the only thing that's worked for me. For stand-up, even for SNL, it's, it's all very like... the. Otherwise, I, I just get lost. It's all got to be short-term for me.
0: And I think it's easy to get lost in the clouds. You have these big, grandiose visions of – if you. I think I would imagine that if you said, we're going to have this huge television show and everything, it's like, okay, well, we're, tomorrow morning, what are we supposed to do?
1: Exactly. That's the hard part. And then, and then when it's not happening, you get disappointed in yourself. You don't want to do anything. You just want to do things that you, f- you feel like you're somewhat of a success. Mm-hmm. But speaking of young people, I got to say, I am – so blown away by how creative and funny young people are. I love it. And me like I, I'm not on TikTok, right? Like, I don't have it. But when I see a TikTok video, there's some humor. It's like so fast and good. Yeah. I, it makes me like really happy to be alive. Because, you know, I'm an optimistic person, but I actually assumed that someday drum kits were going to go away. I was like, well, someday I guess that's going to be gone and it'll be something of my yeah. generation drum kits are going strong and then humor like comedy is just like just brilliant br- people doing impressions also the really short videos i'm like that's all the world needs is like short videos
2: yeah it's great yeah
0: If you haven't already, I recommend checking out the Promark Select Balance Drumsticks. What they did was take standard sizes like the 5A and the 7A, and then taper them differently so that you get different rebounds depending on what style of music you play. So if you play rock or country, you can use the forward balance for more power and speed, or if you play jazz or funk or gospel, you can play a rear-weighted balance that gives you more finesse and agility. Plus with Promark, you know you're gonna get a great product because they control every step of the entire process, from the forest to the finished drumstick, so you're going to get quality and consistency all the time. Plus, they're always paired by pitch and weight, so there's no guesswork. Check them out by going to Promark.com. If you're looking for a top-of-the-line snare, then look no farther than the Mapex Black Panther Design Lab series. These are designed to combine sound concepts to create unique and personal instruments for the demanding player. They come in three unique variations, and they all have their own unique sound quality to them. You have the Heartbreaker, which is dark and rustic and throaty. You have the Cherry Bomb, which is vintage, controlled, and precise. And then you have the Equinox, which will give you that classic, bright, articulate sound. To learn more about the Mapex Black Panther Design Lab Series. Go to mapexdrums.com. You know, the interesting thing, I love comedy. I love going to see stand-up comedians. Like my wife and I go to a bunch of just local like pop-up comedy shops around here and stuff. And I always sit and, I'm, and I'm, I know what it's like to play in a in a in either an empty room or to a room that no one gives a shit about what you're playing, you know. And I I would take that any day than standing on a stage and either not making people laugh or people not paying attention. Like, being a stand-up comedian is a hard job, right? Yeah, except that Do you feel I, like because, it's harder than drumming?
1: No, because I'm not looking for, like, laughs in the same way. Like, my whole career was, like— My early days was, like, it was just awkward moments mm-hmm. of trying to be convincing— <laughs> So, I'm okay if it doesn't go great. I'm, I still feel okay about it. I mean, I figured out a way to like keep it interesting. You know, I'll go up there and talk about music or drums just to to keep it interesting. But I also keep it short. I'm not up there forever. But um, yeah, it's it's hard, but it's okay. I don't mind if it doesn't go great. I'm okay. I'm like, well. I don't know.
0: It's something about Were you it. always like that. Or is that something that I was you build always up like on? that? Really? I was always like that. And
1: I think it comes from what I consider failing in a band because hmm. I failed in a band. Everything else has been cake. You know, it's all been a uh, success because when I say if we failed in a band, I'm telling you, we toured and played to nobody and then toured more. Empty rooms, you know, some right. some full places, we had some really great shows, mm-hmm. I loved it, but I'm just saying, it's tough to set up your drums and play to seven people. At, yeah. At first, it's okay, it's kind of like, well, we're going to make it, it's going to be fine. But after a while, it got very, it gave me like a real, like, this is not working. And from that, then if I go to do stand-up, and it's, you know, that's kind of quiet, it's still amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. I also think it's important to know that whatever you know, unless you end up landing in some band that just skyrockets to the top, you're there's going to be failure. You're, there's going to be empty yes. shows. There's going to be horrible performances. People are going to hate your band. All those things. That's yeah. that's what that's paying your dues. You know. I think some of it.
1: You know, I blame myself in that I don't think the world was wrong. Like, why did they hear the genius of our music? I think that I was impatient. And I didn't let the music sit and relax. I just mm-hmm. drummed all over everything and pushed and pushed and pushed. And I never had the patience in the in, in the recording studio to go like, "Let's make this a nice song. Let's make this like." Look. I, it was because I was in my twenties. I was just proving how fast I could play. Yeah. So every song was <laughs> like, really busy. And I remember thinking i just want to prove that i'm fast Mm -hmm. and i think that doesn't there's a reason that the audiences were like well that's not what we're here for (laughs) yeah (laughs) i by the way i love my band i'm proud of my band i'm not saying that like i'm just saying that they're now when i listen to music i'm like well the reason pavement was so popular is because those are great songs yeah and they took their time you know
0: yep yeah, I mean, I listened to old records of my, or not records, but CDs of myself, and I'm like, well, how, how many drummers were in this band? You know, so you've and, gone through the same thing. Oh, yeah, for a long time. I mean, it got to the point where my band was like, look, you, you can't bring as many drums to the gig. So I had to play with a kick and a snare and a hi hat and a ride. Oh. Cymbal. For, i'm like, so happy to hear this i did it for months because i was just like and, yeah. and i was in like a like a funk like groove band and everyone's like you need to calm down yeah
1: oh i'm so happy to hear that
0: for a long time my
1: cymbals. i kept my cymbals going i didn't hit the cymbals <laughs> they were constantly <laughs> <whistles> why You're like, oh, I thought
0: they had to be spinning the whole time. No, the
1: whole, (laughs) like little waves all through the whole set. (laughs) I apologized to my singer recently for playing so fast. He was laughing, but I was just like, I am so sorry. Because I'd seen a video recently and I was like, oh my God, rushing to the end of every fill. Yeah. Every fill was, I I had to get to the end. Why?
0: But do you think that, do you think that, do you think that you made the right decision in making the transition and spending more time on comedy and acting than...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's hard to look back.
0: The, I did know, The but.
1: decision was made for me. Mm-hmm. That's all. The, like, every time I started to like, go towards a comedy gig, and I'm sorry to use the word gig, that materialized. As soon as I, if I started auditioning for things or going towards a comedy thing, it immediately was like more positive.
0: Right. How do you, how do you determine when it's time to give up? I mean, we're in a, we're whether it be music or acting or uh, to me, it's all the same. It's a, it's a grind and, and sometimes it takes a long time to see any, to see any, uh, rewards from it. And there's a lot of people who don't quote unquote make it. So how do you, how do you know when it's a tough thing? It's like, it's like, it depends on what
1: goals you set for yourself. So like, You know, the idea of making it is like, it doesn't mean to some people the same thing as it does to other people. Mm-hmm. I was a little tough on myself, but making it could be getting through a song. You know what I mean? For yeah. some people, there's some people who are just learning drums or just like, I just want to get, I want to play one show live I and mean, maybe that's its own success. Um, but I can't push people to get discouraged and quit. I I am glad that I was fortunate enough to like change careers, but you just never know. I can't right. encourage anyone to be like, give up at some point. Maybe. I mean, keep i in fact, I think just keep going until you don't feel like doing it anymore. yeah or pick it back up later. you know
0: mm-hmm. well, there's a there's this thing in in the drumming community that I talk about a lot is, and I don't know if it's the same with actors or not, but that if you play drums for a living and that's all that you do, people wear it like a badge of honor. And yeah. it doesn't but but it doesn't matter if they make. $5,000 a year or $500,000 mm-hmm. a year, right? So, yeah. I always say, okay, great, you that's all you do is play drums for a living, but you can't like you can't afford to pay your rent, you don't have food right. on the table. So like what's
1: You're in a band you don't like, you're playing music you
0: don't like maybe. Right. Right. And but but all I do is play music full time, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, but how much how much quality of life are you getting? You're not enjoying it and you're just you're doing right. it just to like because you're identifying you're as yeah. a drummer and you can't go get a job during the day or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Is it the same for actors? Is it like getting wow, a job.
1: That's a, that's a really good question. You know, I think no, because actors, the act actors I know who aren't on a TV show, they still have pride in doing a play somewhere. Mm-hmm. They, it's really, I think they love it in a way that's like, no, I'm doing a play in Connecticut.
0: Right. And I love what about it. A, what about a show, what about like getting a job at Starbucks or something? Is it
1: I think that people understand reality and that's just the reality for some some people and I think that I even imagine that some musicians did have jobs we just didn't know about it. You know didn't. what I mean? Like I was
0: going to say inside the music world I feel like that is not a reality. Like people don't want to live in reality or or at least right. talk about it
1: right it's crazy but i think but i think it probably exists more than we than we think i think harry nelson worked in a bank for like a while even while he mm-hmm. was recording mm-hmm. i think it happens a lot and i think it's, you know that's great
0: why not you know? yeah i i don't i try to preach the same thing you know i just yeah. don't understand because i think that it does it does way more harm than good yeah you know to to not be able to pay your rent or not be able to provide for your family or whatever. And you're basically miserable for what, just to be able to go out in public and say, Oh yeah, I'm a professional drummer. Yeah. But you and can you still also be a professional. Know, go ahead. Sorry.
1: You also might not know like you're, you could be, what if you're destined for something else in music? Like there are drummers who end up doing other things in music or like mm-hmm. production. Um, and even Eric Lederman's an example. He was, yeah. went out to be a drummer, but now he's like this, like, Drummer ambassador, I don't know what, what to call him. You know, he's like a sort yeah. of this other thing that counts in the drumming world. So there are, if it, you don't, if it's not being in a band, drum tech, starting a drum company, how awesome is that? You know, there's yeah. like a million things in that world that are are jobs that, that are pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. You mentioned that you that you were pretty hard on yourself uh, early in your career. What did that look like? And and how did you get out of that? How did did you become a little bit more? Um,
1: It's only through getting into comedy that I was able to let go. But it was very. And I'm hoping that a lot of people in their 20s go through this. It was just hating every other band. Right. (laughs) You know. yep. What? They got a record deal. They suck. Yeah. They suck. Everyone sucked. For some reason, you know. (laughs) So that's what it looked like. We'd go out on tour and then. Any band we heard of was just like not good enough, except for like a five five bands. Aside from like Fugazi and No Means No or Jawbox or something, everyone else were just like lah! you know. <laughs> and maybe that's just that being in your twenties or something. So that it was as simple as that. Yeah. And because, now, through the ahead. beauty of like records, I'm like now I can go back and like listen to records and discover these bands again, which is really really nice. Yeah. And you're like, oh, maybe they weren't
0: as bad as I thought they were.
1: Oh, I, I, or do you more, still think they like, suck? No, now I'm <laughs> like, this is a brilliant, brilliant, great band. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, because I, the the thing that the that always sticks out to me with you is like you seem, you know, like you're you're just you're laid back. You're not you're not a guy who's like coming He's like, hey, hey, I'm Fred. Hey, I, 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 you know, you're not jamming anything down everyone's throat. But you've accomplished a lot in your career and. How do you, how do you, I mean, you're a hard worker. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um How do you balance that hard work without being the guy who's like annoying and calling everyone all the time and, and like jamming their ideas down people's throats? Because I hear it a lot like, oh, I don't, I don't want to bother people or I don't want to email people or I don't want to, you know, I don't want to push too hard. Do you feel like you, you know how to walk that line really well? Yeah. Somehow like. I never
1: think of what I'm doing as, like, oh, this is it. This is the big thing. It's always, like, I keep the projects pretty small.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And even though I'm busy and kind of, like, a workaholic, I still kind of go, like, at a pretty reasonable pace. Yeah. You know, I just schedule it out in a such a way that, like, I'm constantly busy, but I'm not, like, I'm not center stage. hmm you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. There are moments like the stand-up special, I suppose. You know, but those those pass, and then I get into doing something else, and somehow I just I, I'm able to sort of keep it low key but busy.
0: Yeah, one foot in front of the other. More, yeah, more than like eight thousand things every day, and you're just yeah, or like jamming everything in,
1: or getting the deal. Like I'm. I, just you know, sign a deal. It's gonna be. It's more like, what can I do to keep things going for this month?
2: Yeah,
0: that's an interesting perspective because we always hear about, oh, you got to have these huge goals and you gotta, you gotta dream big. Which I believe in all those things. But if, like we talked about earlier, like if you can't figure out what to do tomorrow morning, then yeah, then you're yeah. just gonna like be sitting on your couch doing nothing, and then the next day you're gonna be doing the same thing. Yeah. And- yeah and i think that there's there's a there's a balance to strike there and i see a lot of it where people just can't figure out how to like one get out of their own way but then like i said don't want to seem you know even though even though they want to work hard they don't want to be pushy or be annoying or be aggressive or anything like that but you got to you have to you got to fight for yourself though too and you have to yeah there's and there's to ways an advocate. to do
1: it there's ways to do it in a peaceful way like you could fight for yourself and then just sort of <clears throat> simple you know, way of, of protecting yourself. Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so let's talk. I want to talk uh, about some projects that you have going on now. What are you working on currently?
1: Well, before this whole pandemic, I was in Chile working nice. on a TV show called "Looks Spookies" season two. We were doing season one. It's a Spanish language show, and we were midway through season two, and then. In a week, the world changed. Yeah. In so I week. remember
0: you had a conversation with Red about you didn't know if the you didn't know if the jokes were going to translate well enough, and didn't know if they were going to land correctly.
1: Yeah. No, the show worked out. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I found yeah, I found an audience and everything. But that's it. I just did that, and then I was going to do a tour this summer. That's not happening. And I still get to drum for a Seth seth meyers show and then um i just do that from here in la so it's kind of nice
0: i just that is really nice
1: go to my space set up a camera and just do all the drum parts send it to the band and you know thank god we are still getting to do that
0: yeah that's because of covid though right you weren't doing you weren't shooting remotely before covid no
1: no i would have gone to new york in fact i was booked to go to new york there was a week where i was like there was that one week where I was like, should I go to New York? It seems like this thing is getting pretty bad. And then people were like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't go. And then everything got shut down. In yeah. that same week, all my texts were like, now Seth is doing the show with no audience. Now there's no one's allowed in. Now, guess d- done. They, they, <laughs> now Seth's not allowed in. <laughs> now he's not allowed in. And we have not gone back into the studio since. It wow. really did get shut down.
0: Yeah. And I mean, in hindsight now, New York was not the place to be. No, no, it was not. Thank God you were there. So how many how many um, how many days a year are you playing on that show? Usually
1: it was it would be like one week every month or two, maybe every two months I'd go in for a week. Mm -hmm. And it's because I was busy. I was just like, so we had all these guest drummers. But then this year it's been mo- way more because I'm around, so I'm like I right. just record from the studio, so, um, so now it's like more frequent than that.
0: Yeah, when that is, I mean it's got to be the greatest job. When I heard that you were doing all of those things, I felt mm-hmm. like I felt like twenty year old Fred Armisen, where I was like. So why does he get to do all that stuff, you know? But it's great. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm extremely happy for you, but I'm like, man, that is a that's the greatest job in the world. Like it's the greatest. You know, it's the you're greatest there when life. you want when you need to be or when you want to be, and you have yeah. the freedom and flexibility to to pursue all of these other things. And I I often look at at people who have create how how people have created these careers for themselves that work with their lives, right? A a friend of mine is a, is a world-class photographer. He's done things with Nike and Adidas and all that travels around the world taking photography or taking pictures, but he also owns an online learning platform and he's a speaker and he does all these things and he's, and he's just created this, this career that works perfectly for him. And I see that you've done that too. And I, I, like I, I think that from the outside, you know is it i'm looking in thinking is, it, is this luck is it uh by design how how do you suggest that that people can build their careers that way or is it just saying yes to everything like you said
1: no I'm, i don't even know even know if that's the answer man i wish i knew these secret ingredients to getting through stuff like that like because i've you know been very fortunate mm-hmm. and I do. I am, I'm an optimist, though. I do feel like if you have some crazy dream for how you want your career to be, you can absolutely do it. Yeah. <clears throat> I think one way in is just be honest with yourself. Like, I want to be whatever, whatever that job is. Just say it to yourself so that you know. You're like, okay, that's what we're going to try to go for. And I think that's a that's a good start, is to just be honest mm-hmm. with yourself for what you want. Well, because
0: the fear, the fear is like getting get quote unquote typecast right so they would say oh no fred's a drummer or he's a this or that so if you're you know a drummer in a band and you try to go and audition for a show and they're like yeah that guy's not really serious. he's a drummer he's oh he's no, not, no 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 that never
1: works against you that never, and also being typecast for roles is like a dream that's awesome if you get type, you're getting jobs in acting great um but being a drummer, never or being something, not a trained actor or comedian, it hasn't worked against me for, as far as I know, for getting right. jobs.
0: Right, that's interesting. Yeah, I've always, I've always thought that we as we as humans, if we could design our life and, and our career to make it work with the things that that we want to do and the way that we see it, it has to make us exponentially happier. Right. And I always thought, yeah. like, okay, does everyone have, does, do all these people have something figured out that I don't know? Or is it just a matter of, of the pieces falling into place at, from working hard, saying yes, saying no to things that you don't want to do? I think it's feel.
1: that zone. I think it's that zone somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if well, it makes
1: you feel any better, all those people are also thinking about, oh, should I have been doing this? Should I, you know, Maybe I should have taken that other role. Maybe, you know, so everyone's always in a sort of state of wondering about their own, you know, career. So, sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. And never, you never, you know, that's a never ending battle, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, last question for you What do you, what is your definition of success?
1: Hmm. Um, I think that if you, can, when you're alone, say, like, yeah, I think, I think my dreams came true. Or if you find yourself just being really thankful, like, oh, man, I am really happy that, you know, this thing happened. I think that is what success looks like, where you just mm-hmm. feel like an acknowledgement of, like, hey, not bad. That's pretty good,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. All comes down to happiness, right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, Fred, uh, one, I want to thank you for taking the time to to chat. I appreciate you uh, dealing with all the emails back and forth, and and me. Bugging oh, my pleasure. No, it's um, totally fine and two thank you for always making us laugh and thank you for always uh making fun of drummers because we're all we all need to be made fun of for sure
1: (laughs) that's absolutely it's our favorite
0: (laughs) i love it but again thank you so much i appreciate it congrats on all the success that you've had continued success in the future and take care of yourself you
1: too Thanks. thanks thanks so much okay
0: There you have it, the amazing Fred Armisen. If you want to grab all the show notes, you can go to drummersresource.com forward slash session 572. Also, if you want to follow Fred, he's really easy to find. You can just Google him. You can find his Instagram and, and Facebook and find his IMDb and, and find his DVDs and check out his stand up on Netflix. Really easy to find. And also, if you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor leave a rating and leave a review. You can do that on iTunes, it takes about a minute and it is good for ratings, letting people know, hey, this is a good podcast to listen to. Helps it also helps it show up higher in the search results, so when people search for a drumming podcast, this one pops up at the top. So you can do that on iTunes, and other than that, I hope you had a great weekend, and uh, that's all I got for you. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Mm-mm. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out RevoiceMedia.com.